So um, this morning we're going to do something a little different. I've invited Becky to join me, and uh, I appreciate her willingness to experiment with me. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah, the risk she's taking right now is uh, is uh, significant. So I just uh, I just want to uh, point that out and just want to thank her for her courage. Uh, yeah, to step forward in this. This week, as uh, I was uh, had uh, scheduled to preach out of Acts, uh, the next couple of chapters in Acts. It was just one of those weeks where it just uh, did, just kept waiting on the Lord uh, for him to reveal what he kind of specifically, where he wanted me to go, um, and l literally just felt no settling at all, um, all the way up into uh, Friday, which is, I mean, that can happen sometimes, but, uh, and so on Friday, uh, crazy, busy day. I had about an hour in the morning to seek the Lord again and to say, Lord, what, what do you want? What are we doing on Sunday? Right? Uh, could you give me something? Right? You know, anything. Uh, and uh, just felt that um, just due to a couple of different conversations I had in the previous days and whatnot, uh, I felt like the Lord just zeroed my focus on Matthew chapter 24. And, and I know I read that, or I didn't read, but I wrote a little article in What's Brewing a week or so ago, um, a, a little kind of addressing a couple of passages in that. But I just felt him bring me back to that and say, uh, you know, in this era, in this time we're in, you know, there's, you know, and I keep hearing from other people and some in our church, some outside of our church, just friends, you know, it's a volatile time in our world, and it has been for years now, right? I mean, really, COVID just changed our landscape, right? I mean, every, the, the world has been disrupted. Uh, the divisions have increased, and there's just so many more tensions. And then with recent wars in Ukraine and now in Israel, uh, it's just, you know, the, 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 the keeps getting, it seems to be building more and more, and the tension continues to build. And, and so I just, you know, I... I, I I, I, I'm afraid of Matthew 24 because there's things in it, right, that um, really create divisions within the church. And I, and I recognize this reality that, you know, we have a lot of, there's a lot of different perspectives on what Jesus is saying here. And, and, uh, and, I, and I recognize even as we go through this today that uh, some of what I say, you, you, it may tweak you, right, um, and cause you some tension, but I, I guess I want to just encourage us all. I, my hope is that as we walk through this, that we can um, uh, not look for the reasons to be divided, but look for the reasons to be united, right? And, and, and I really think that 20, chapter 24 and 25 of Matthew are one. I mean, it's like, it's continuous. Jesus starts and then he, you know, just kind of goes all the way through two chapters. And it's all focused on the same thing. Do not be led astray. And so uh, I, I just want to zero our focus on those two chapters and come to hopefully an agreement together with at least the core of what Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples in these two chapters. 
The reason I invited Becky is because I felt like the Lord wanted me to do uh, kind of a little bit different style of preaching through this. And, and in essence, what I kind of want to do is I, I, I want to um, I want to preach Jesus's words again, but through the lens that I feel like he's giving me for today. Um, but whenever you do that, uh, there's, I, I, I feel there's tension in that because, you know, I'm now saying that my words are Jesus' words, you know, all that. So, so I want to make sure that my words are put next to Jesus' words as we found in these passages. And so what Becky and I are going to do are going to kind of just go back and forth through these two chapters. And Becky is going to read Jesus' words for us. And then I'm going to re-preach those words, adding some, I think, from perspective for where we're at today. Uh, and I hope that uh, the, uh, the, the, the different voices and, and that kind of back and forth that the Lord will use to uh, kind of maybe bring home some of these points a little bit harder, but also that it would be a, just a blessing to us and, and yeah, it, we'll receive. But you know what? It could just all be just horrible and a flop. And if it is, praise the Lord. I'm new at this too, right? So I'm just trying to figure out how to do this stuff. So anyway, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. So with that set up, Perhaps more than I needed to say, uh, Becky will begin with Matthew chapter 24. All right. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Do not be led astray. The things of this world are going to fall apart. The things of this world, the things that we, we trust in, the things that we rely in, uh, our government structures, our economic system, our, our businesses, our retirement plans, our legal systems, the, the scientific method, the, the medical world, our families and, and our religions will all fail us. They will all fall down. They are not worth placing our hope and trust into. Every strategy, every scheme, every system of men will be thrown down. The wisdom of man cannot save us. Only Jesus can. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. 
At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Do not be led astray. Many will declare that they have found the way. That they are the way. That that Jesus loves above all. That he accepts all. That he approves of all. Of all life and all lifestyles. There's no judgment, they say. Don't worry. Jesus is love. And he wants all of us to come together. He will save all of us. None will be left out. And many will be deceived. And will follow after them. But we live in a fallen world. There are divisions. There are battles all around us. Sin continues to wreak havoc on our world. There is a judgment that's coming because of that sin. Families will be divided. Friends will be divided. Earthquakes and, and it will happen. Disasters will happen. Famines, plagues. You'll hear of them. You'll experience them. You'll see them. There'll be battles and wars against nations, against ethnicities. There'll be divisions and trouble and struggle. But this, this is not the end. It's just the beginning. It's just the natural consequences of sin. You will suffer. Especially if you don't buy in to man's schemes, if you don't rely on the systems of the world, if you don't believe in these false prophets and their teachings. You will suffer. You will be persecuted. They will come after you. They will seek to destroy you, to silence you, to put you away, to put you out, to get rid of you. But stand. And stand firm on the truth, on Jesus And if you stand firm, you will be empowered to continue to proclaim this amazing and powerful gospel to the ends of the earth. Because this world word will not be silenced. The the, The world will be destroyed, but this gospel message will not be destroyed. It will continue until all have heard it for his glory and for our blessing. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of their house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. 
If those days had not been cut short, no one would have survived. But, no, sorry, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Do not be led astray. Pay attention to false prophets. When you see false gospels being proclaimed from your pulpits, get out. Don't try to correct it. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to fight against it. When false prophecy is coming from the pulpit, flee. Get away from it and get away from it now. And pray. Pray that when that happens, when you see that reality, that it's not at the end of the day and that it's not in the season of great persecution because your fleeing will be even more harsh and more difficult because the persecution will be greater. But understand, even in your fleeing, that these evil days are just a time. They're not going to last forever. God loves you, and he knows his elect. He knows his children, and he will not lose one of us. He will always be there for us. He will empower us. He will care for us. He will take care of us wherever we are, whatever we're doing, wherever we're fleeing. He knows us by name. He loves us, and he will save us. And don't worry about missing the return of Jesus. Some will, uh, will have their eschatological systems and they'll say, Jesus is here. Others will have all their calculations that they put together and they say, ah, you missed Jesus. But don't believe them. Don't fall into that. Everyone will know when Jesus returns. There's no way that you will miss it. You, you don't have to rely on like some secondhand testimony. Oh, Jesus showed up. You should come and see. No, no, no. No, we will all know individually, personally, when Jesus returns. Everyone, evil or good, will see and hear about that glorious return. Amen. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all of the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds in heaven, of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. 
Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all of these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for the servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour when he is, at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do not be led astray. Indeed, we will not miss the return of Jesus. We won't somehow not recognize it. The sun and the moon and the stars, they will even bow to Jesus when he returns. All the nations of the earth, when they see Jesus return, will also bow in fear of his judgment. All the children of God, every one of us, when Jesus returns, we will be united with him in fullness. These are the signs that the end is here, that the final generation has come. But the actual day when he will return is unknowable. It, it, it will come when we least expect it. It will come when the world is just kind of going about its business. So don't waste your life trying to figure out when he's going to come back. Don't waste your life trying to figure out how he's going to come back. Be alert. Stay awake. Get ready for Jesus to return. Resist being lulled into complacency. It's been a couple of thousand years since Jesus, you know, first ascended, right? And, and so maybe we're getting kind of tired and kind of lazy. And well, yeah, he'll show back someday, right? Or, or we get too focused on, oh, he's coming back tomorrow. He's coming back tomorrow. No, no, no. Don't, don't worry about that. 
Be worried about doing what God has given you to do. Be worried about following Jesus each and every day. Resist being numbed by the worldly pleasures. Stay awake. Be alert. Be ready. Keep working hard to build and strengthen God's kingdom. Serve your fellow believers and, and work for the, with them to, to bring about unity. Don't just allow division just to come in. Don't, don't work to bring about division, but actually seek to serve one another, to care for one another, one another. Those who do these things, those who work to serve others, those who work to bring unity in the, in, the, in the church, those who work to build and strengthen his kingdom, they will receive a great reward. But if you tear down your fellow believers, if you breed division and seek to destroy the body of Christ. Do not be deceived. Do not be led astray. For you will receive the harshest of all punishments. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom! Come out to meet him! Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil! Our lamps are going out! No, they replied, there may not be enough for both you, us and you. Instead, go to the, those who sell the oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So what do we do in the in-between time? If we know that Jesus is coming and we won't miss it, and we don't have to worry ourselves of trying to figure out when that day will be. What do we do now? What is, what is the work that he wants us to be involved in? What is the life that we're supposed to live now? Do not be led astray. Because first of all, true worship only comes in relationship. There is no way for anyone to please God through religious activity, through checking off boxes. The only way to worship is through intimate relationship with Jesus. That's the only worship that is, that is good. It's the only worship that is worthy. 
We we can't rely on someone else's faith. We We can't rely on somebody else's relationship with Jesus. It's not about my parents being the ones who know Jesus. And they were Christians, and I, was, I brought up in a Christian home, so that means I'm okay, right? I, I don't have to worry about, you know, salvation. When, when Jesus comes, he, he knows me, and, and I'm there. I, I pray to him occasionally, and I've grown up knowing him. But it's intimate relationship. It's oneness. It's unity. It's togetherness. Those who know Jesus have that intimate relationship with Jesus. They will be welcomed into the holy of holies. But do not be misled. Those who don't know Jesus will be left out in the cold with no hope of restoration. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do not be led astray. All of the gifts, all of the abilities, all of the resources that you have are to be used for God's glory. All we have, we have received. 
None of us have conjured it up on our own. None of us has created this, you know, tangible gift that we can use for other. None of us can do that. We, we have no ability to create something new or something out of nothing. It is only God who can do that. All that you have, your natural abilities, your, 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 your resources that God has blessed you with, that you've used those natural abilities to gain, all have been given to you by God. All of those resources are meant to be used for God's glory. All we have, all our strength, all of our gifts, all of our abilities are meant to be used to build his kingdom. Some certainly are given more than others. We, we can look on with them with maybe some jealousy. God, why do they have all those things? And others have been a little bit given less. And we can look at them with maybe pity and say, oh, at least I have more than them. But no matter how much you've received, whether you've been given abundance by God in this earth, or whether you've just been given a little bit in this earth, all of you been given should be used for his kingdom and his kingdom alone. It's not for your own benefit. It's to bless you, but then to be poured out and bless others as well. We don't hoard these things to ourselves. We allow God to use them. We pour them out into the lives of others. All who use their gifts for the kingdom will receive rewards beyond imagine. We'll receive abundance beyond all we can even come up with in our mind. I mean, there's no way we can think about all that we will receive if we just will use what we've been given here and just freely give it away. But those who hoard what they've been given in God's eyes are detestable. Those who use what they have to build their own kingdoms, in God's eyes, are offensive. Those who do these things will receive the harshest of punishments. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will appear, will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed 
into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or, or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Do not be led astray. Do you see the life of a Christian, the life of those who follow Jesus is to be different? It's first of all, it's about relationship but not re and not religion. It's about intimacy with the Father. Second, it's about caring and using what we have for the benefit of others, passing on the blessings that we've received. But third, as we see here as well, that this is the opportunity for us to care, to have compassion on those who are weakest among us, those who've experienced the worst aspects of life those who have been most impacted negatively by sin, those who are oppressed, abused, trafficked, those who have deceived, those who are abandoned, rejected, those who have been outcast, the homeless, the mentally ill, the downtrodden, the addicts, the homosexuals, the transgenders, those who are on the outs of culture, those who have experienced all kinds of horrible events in their life. We must show them compassion. Do you even see them? Do you, do you know they exist? Or do you isolate yourself so that you don't have to be tainted. You have to be reminded that this world is evil and sinful. Do you see them? Do you have compassion on them? Or, or, or you just say, well, you know, if they just did X, Y, or Z, I mean, they just got a job, they'd be off the streets. If they just did this, if they just stopped doing drugs, if they would just get this fixed, if they would just take care of this, then they'd be okay. It's their fault they're in that situation. Is that your heart? Or do you have compassion? Are you looking for that opportunity to give them a break, to love them, to allow them to experience something good instead of something evil? Do you recognize your face, your life in their face? But for the grace of God, that could be you. We must so show compassion. We must care. We must love the unlovable because we've 
been loved. We must notice them. We must encourage them and speak words of life over them. We must care for their needs. We must provide for them. We must forgive them. We must be willing to sacrifice for them. Freely we have received love. Can we freely give love? Freely we have received compassion despite our depravity. Can we freely give compassion? Freely we've received all sorts of gifts and abilities and goodness from Jesus and abundance. Can we freely give those to those who have less than we do? Those who do choose to pass, to have compassion, will enjoy eternal kingdom. An eternal kingdom where love is everywhere, where sin is gone, where, where all that we get every day is this amazing, uh, beautiful creation, this beautiful place with this love and goodness everywhere, with abundance, with joy, with, with happiness, with goodness everywhere we look. Those who choose to give away what we have received in this life, in the next life, will have more than they can ever do anything with. They, they can never spend it all. They can never out-love out, out God. They can never get away from that. Those who choose to pass on the compassion they've received to others will continue to receive more and more compassion. But those who refuse, those who choose to turn a blind eye, those who choose to not have compassion, to not show love, to not pass on the blessings that they've received to those who are the least of these, those who refuse to love will receive the harshest of all punishments. Oh, Jesus, we thank you that you are worthy of our worship, Lord. That you're worthy of our whole lives. Lord, you have blessed us and you've come for us. That you died for us. You resurrected from the dead for us. And you are returning for us, for your bride, to bring us home to your eternal kingdom for all of the rest of time to enjoy and to, to glory with you, Lord. And we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for your word, which communicates and encourages us to keep our eyes focused on the right things, on the, on the things that matter. Lord, help us to, to be able to focus on you and what you're doing each day. Lord, help us not to get distracted by the things of this world or even religious things. May we always keep our eyes on you and follow you each day. May we see what you're doing. Give us eyes to see. Help us to, to know what you're doing, Lord, so that we can join you in that. But Lord, we also thank you that in your word, you do not hesitate to warn us 
to warn us of the things that can deceive us and lead us astray, but also to warn us of the punishments that come for those who choose not to follow you, for those who choose not to be in intimate relationship with you. So, Lord, thank you that you warn us. Thank you that you encourage us. Thank you that you exhort us. Thank you that you challenge us. But, Lord, thank you that you are with us and that you use us for your glory. Help us, Lord, to be a church that's following you each day, each moment of the day. Lord, help us to be children of the light and not children of darkness. That everywhere we walk, we bring your bright light with us and help us to walk into the dark places of this world with boldness. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 to 10. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers and sisters, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not the, of the night or of the darkness. So, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet of, of hope of salvation, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church, for being here. Thank you for knowing Jesus and living for him each day. Uh, we've got another song or two to do, so if you'd like to stay and worship with us, we'd love to continue to do that and worship with you. If you'd like to fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ today, then head out to the fellowship hall. If you need prayer, please don't go away without getting prayed for today. We would love to pray for you, so please come forward, and we'll do that now as well. God bless, church. Have a great Sunday.